have a very interesting person on the phone, Dr. Charles Wasaki, and he is a uh, PhD in psychobiology from Florida State University. And he's working with the Monell Center. And I do believe we have uh, Dr. Charles on the phone. Are you there, sir? I am. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you so much. It is an honor to be speaking with you. And it is a very interesting topic. We're talking about fragrance in the garden, the the sweet smell of summer, and that sweet smell of rain. I was wondering if you could maybe um, let us know exactly how that works. Well, first off, that smell of rain or smell after a rain is called petrichor, P-E-T-R-I-C-H-O-R. Now, that's not what gives it the smell. That's just what the name is. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It, the smells typically originate from the soil, actually from bacteria in the soil. They're called actinomycetes. The right. old actinomycetes, sure. yeah. yes. yes. I was wondering yeah. where they were. <laughs> but you know what those are. <laughs> uh, they're the primary source of the smells that uh, we typically associate with uh, heavy rainfall after a long dry spell, or for that matter, when turning over to the soil in your garden. If it's a moist soil, okay. um, you're releasing some of those smells. Um, at least some of the smells have been identified. One of them is called geosmin. A uh, geosmin has an earthy, musky, mus- musty smell. Hmm. Uh, and that one is also associated with some malodors or bad smells associated with... Um, Usually, municipal drinking waters. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, right. In, in the summertime, you can have these algal blooms. Okay. And these algae produce uh, geosmin, and it's a bane for people who work in municipal water supplies because uh, it's very tough to get rid of this particular smell. Maybe that's what we noticed in our water last night. We did. Belinda mentioned that. Hey, this smells funny. Stinks out of the tap, but we've filtered water by the sink that we typically mm-hmm. drink. It's it's common in municipal water supplies, especially during the summertime. Oh, we've got those. People's noses are very, very sensitive to geosmin. It, uh, they can detect it down at five parts per trillion in air. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Yes, <laughs> that's that's yes. pretty Sounds, sensitive. Yeah. Well, what, is, what about in the city when it rains and you've got that definite smell and there's not a whole lot of soil there? Is there something that's... No, that's correct. That's coming off of uh, concrete and um, off of uh, the Mercatum and in the, in the highways. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly what that smell is, but I certainly know it's very strong in the south. I, I experienced it during my five years in Tallahassee. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, why is it that some people can smell things and other people can't? Because I, I go through these, I mean, we work with so many flowers, we're trying to develop these beautiful scents in the garden. Someone once told me that they love the smell of Carolina jasmine. It's this yellow blooming native plant throughout the South. And I looked at them and I said, oh, you mean the Confederate jasmine, the white one? I said, no, the yellow one. I've never smelled it. I put my nose, my whole face into the, buried into the, I cannot smell a thing in Carolina jasmine. And people tell me how wonderful it smells. You bring out an excellent point, especially when it comes to garden smells, flower smells. There are these individual differences. We think that they are of genetic origin where some people cannot experience the bloom itself. Others can't, well, it just, are delighted by that, that particular odor. Uh, freesias are another flowers that some people can and some people cannot smell. Uh, these are 
quite profound differences uh, when you see some people reacting to what they say is a fantastic aroma coming from the flower, and the other person next to them says, there's nothing there. That's right. And then you think you're crazy. That's yeah. right. That's uh, huge differences, and we think it is a result of the kinds of molecular receptors that are being expressed on the sensory cells in the nose. So it's, it's are, just in the nose? different. There are different uh, responses that people can have to different smells. For example, uh, an individual who, as a very young child, has a wonderful walk through the, the summer garden and experiences the smell of roses for the very first time, uh, that individual, as an adult, may have some wonderful experiences uh, or some wonderful memories of what roses smelled like when he was a child. Okay. On the other hand, if the child experiences roses for the very first time at the funeral of the child's mother, as an adult, the smell of roses will have a, a, an entirely different meaning. Okay, so it's kind of a sad smell then. So Yes, yes. Well, what about, uh, why is it when I am really putting together a great meal of crab meat, and feta cheese. Blend, and it stinks so bad. Blended just goes crazy. And I'll say, eat out outside. Get <laughs> and I, outside and yeah, eat that. I've got to go outside and eat it because it, it just drives her crazy. It and I must stinks say, in here. I'm going outside. <laughs> See? <laughs> but but why is it that some people love that smell? They look forward to it. And other people go, oh my gosh, what is that? It's like foot powder. Or why is it you can eat things that you say stink and you still enjoy I, eating them? Well, well, that's I true. agree. Um, there are some fruits in the... In, Southeast Asia, the durian fruit, for example, I don't know if you've experienced it, but for most people who have not experienced it, it is an awful smell. It's horrible. <laughs> okay. They won't go near it. In fact, in, in some cities in Southeast Asia, they ban them from being transported on, on public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> but there are these individual differences that are in part genetic, in part learned, in part uh, through experiences, we uh, acquire desires for them. Uh, I, I personally like the smell of skunk. Uh, I know most people don't. <laughs> no, that's that's why oh. nobody does. You're on your own. I've got, I've got a job for you, yeah. sir. <laughs> yes, Charles. You're pretty much to by me, yourself and the skunk. Uh, to me, oh, even stink would say that stinks. <laughs> to me. Uh, a roadkill skunk smells like concentrated lemon juice. You know that stuff that comes in the green bottle. Okay, uh, you may have some issues we need yeah. to discuss afterwards. And we're going to need to see your family, Charles. <laughs> you bring them with you. <laughs> well, that's interesting. That's because Sean can eat that stinky feta cheese. He can eat a lot of really stinky, stinky stuff. And I have had to force myself to eat things like broccoli, which stinks. It stinks the whole house up. Everybody agrees, and yet they will woof it down. And I've had to train myself to say, wow, broccoli's good for me. Just eat it. Just eat it. And so... Um, well, I love Brussels sprouts also. Yeah. Yeah, th that might be the stinkiest thing that we cook, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how did you how did you get into studying smells and how they affect people and, and all that? What was your background into that? That was in the mid-1970s. I... <laughs> began looking at, at a lot of strange things happened yeah. back then. Well, exactly. <laughs> I I began exploring individual differences uh, as a way to try to understand what reality is for individuals. Reality is 
just what we can experience through our senses. If we can't experience, it's not, it's not there. And when we have such profound individual differences, for example, an individual who was born colorblind, well, they, they've learned to adapt to what is reality for them, but um, they may not be able to experience certain greens or certain reds, depending right. upon what kind of colorblindness they have. So the same thing occurs in the sense of smell. Uh, at the time, in the 1970s, very few people were working with the sense of smell, and I thought, well... I could perhaps be a big fish in a little pond. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, well, since the 1990s now, uh, with the publication uh, by some geneticists for, of the family of genes for the molecular receptors in the nose, that actually won a Nobel Prize in medicine. Wow. Uh, there have been... There has been a profound expansion, not only of people, but of knowledge about how the sense of smell works. Okay. So is most of your, I mean, how much of work, do you, how much of the work that you do involves natural fragrances and garden smells? Does that come up very often or? Uh, in part, and it comes up because certain smells are components of garden smells. So we try to stay away from the very complicated uh, floral bouquets, for example. Okay. Uh, because we try to understand what's going on at a simplistic level first, and then we can begin making more complex mixtures of, of compounds to determine what's what's occurring. So do, do you personally wear a, uh, a type of cologne that you use all the time that, you know... Just, I do just curious. Okay, I, okay. I don't wear colognes, and I, I minimize the use of fragrance materials in, in uh, personal care products, for example. Okay. So, is that something that, um, do you give gifts that have, do you give cologne or smelly gifts? <laughs> no, he stays away from them. Uh, okay. No, I, I don't. I don't. Um, what about hard, with food? Go ahead. I was say, what about food smells and food fragrances? Or have you, I, I'm just wondering. Do you are look you at, really smelling them, or do you taste them? Because it's like sometimes you can go, "Wow, can you taste that?" And people go, "What?" And they smell it, well, and you can. So you're doing it at the same time, right? Taste is very limited: sweet, sour, bitter, salty, and something we call umami, which is savoriness. Right. That's it. All the rest of what we experience comes from either texture, temperature, uh, or, or most importantly, aroma. Through our sense of smell, okay, and and you can easily demonstrate this if you take uh, take about three or four jelly beans of different flavors, put them in one hand and mix them around. Close your eyes with your other hand. Plug your nose. Now take one of those jelly beans that you haven't seen which which flavor it is. Pop it into your mouth. Chew it. You'll experience the sweetness. You'll get the texture of it, but you will not be able to identify it. Really, just the uh... swallow it and then open your nose, and well, <laughs> it comes right at you. You know exactly Tangerine. which flavor you just you just had. <laughs> so that's it. Wow, could you lose your well sense of smell? I guess I wonder if that's a sense that you could. I guess you could lose it, couldn't you? Absolutely. One of the most common ways that people lose their sense of smell is through infection, a viral infection, and that invades the sensory lining, and it kills off the cells. Another way that the most common way, or another very common way, is through accidents, a automobile accident, a fall down a set of stairs, a fall in the bathtub, and what happens is the 
the nerves that go from the nose to the brain are severed. And that's it. You've lost your sense of smell. Wow. That would be tragic. What about boxers? Somebody that been hit in the nose several times, I guess, huh? <laughs> That's entirely possible because they have uh, this jello brain that uh, moves around, and as a result, uh, it's, it's possible for individuals in contact sports, for example, to lose their sense of smell. Wow. Well, we're going to be putting together, as a part of the show, we're giving away a great prize, which is a a children's courtyard of fragrances and smells where it's a little patio with different herbs and different, all sorts of different plantings that would stay with them. There's hopscotch and tic-tac-toe into the, worked into the patio. And then we've got plantings of mint and plantings of rosemary and pennyroyal and other plantings. So we're trying to get something set up so that we can come up with a fun place. So then later on, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, these kids will smell it and say, wow, that reminds me of playing out just yeah, having a great just time like out said, in the garden. Charles, yeah, kids the that trigger their fantastic. memory. There you go. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time, sir, and uh, look forward to possibly talking to you later on as we do more work in the idea of gardening. Well, and we'll for think fragrance. of you every time we see a skunk now. <laughs> Charles likes the smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. We really appreciate your time. This You're morning. most welcome. Okay, bye bye. Thanks so much, Charles. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. That was Dr. Charles Wasaki. <laughs> The man who loves the fragrance of skunks. It smells like lemon, concentrated <laughs> lemon. <laughs>